Welcome to the show. I'd like to welcome you here on a Thursday evening. It's the 8th of June, 2023. I'm your host. I'm your host. My name is Frank, and welcome to the Quite Frankly pre-show, where we will spend a little bit of time together getting some random items out of the way, sharpen up in preparation for our guest. Our guest tonight, I think I think this is the first time he's been on all year, but that is Leo Zagami. Was he here earlier, earlier on, like right after the New Year's? I don't know. This might be his second time on. You gotta remember, we're six months in now. This is uh, half of the year. Half the year is gone. So how quickly that went by? It's gonna be Christmas. It'll be December sixth before you know it. Oh man, December t- Christmas 2023 is already over. That's sad, but this is why we gotta soak it up. It goes by slow. Uh, so Leo Zagami is on with us tonight, and I wanted to I wanted to bring some up something up with him. He wrote yesterday the UFO truth behind the AI cyber Satan trap is unfolding in front of our eyes. So he's so dramatic and I love it. Um, hold on. Where is it? <clears throat> there it is. Now, tomorrow night, you know that the dives that we go into with Timothy Alberino on this end is going to be uh, a lot deeper than just news analysis with the the whistleblower from and it's all pentagon approved too the whistleblower about not only just ufos that yes there are unidentified craft in the sky that nobody really knows what to make of it and they 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 can either have been born from strange uh secretly funded government projects secret space programs all that other stuff but this is a lot different because now they are saying that oh well uh many of the craft that we have Recovered because, of course, the the one thing that I never understood about aliens, as much as I am in intrigued by them, is why they fucking crash so much. Man, it's just <laughs> traveling all that way, just like like to stub your toe and fall flat on your face and break your car. Anyway, we have all of the. We have all the aliens and their crafts and stuff like that, but th- that's the that's the big thing. Where did it all come from? Where did it all come from? Now, people like Bob Lazar have been talking about the 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 craft that he worked on and where it all comes from and how it's not of uh, human origin. But that's the big thing there that they're not just saying, "Oh yeah, UFOs are real. There's plenty of things in the sky. We don't know what's going on." What they're saying is that they're disclosing that there is very intelligent life that share the same space as us in some way, shape, or form, whether it be interdimensional, intergalactic, and uh, and we got to be able to really think about what's going on there. Because I love entertaining all those all those topics, and we talk about it a lot, and I think there's a lot to be explored there. But whenever you have a media like the one we have pushing it, doing it a, a complete about-face after all these generations of just making you feel like an idiot for wondering just what may be, just how big the universe may be, 
just how big this whole thing that we're we're plugged into over here may be, how complex it could be. They make you feel like an idiot. But now they're the ones telling you this is very interesting. At least some of them are. I know there's largely silence coming from other parts of the media, but still, you know that this is all approved for a release, and um, and it's it's pretty big. Because they're not just saying, oh yeah, there's there's a lot of mysteries out in the sky. They're saying that we have craft, we have technology that was not created, devised by humans. Now, with Leo, he comes from the standpoint that this stuff that has not been crafted by humans, that AI, that all the alien UFO AI stuff that's going on right now is really just a trap. A demonic alien trap, which is something I need to ask him about right there, too. What about these terms? Demonic alien? Is that an alien that has been possessed by a demon? Just like a human can be possessed by a dark spirit? Or is it one in the same? I know a lot of people in the chat or the chats have plenty of opinions on that, and they will... Continue to have those opinions well intact after this show ends. So, I just like hearing what people have to th- uh, people who are our guests have to say. I'm sure that plenty of what uh, Leo Zagami will say tonight may or may not be what Timothy uh, Alberino says tomorrow night, and that's going to be a little bit more of a. I can't wait to get into that one. That's always a, a fun trip, and I think Matt always likes hanging out when Timothy Alberino comes on too. Of course, you know partially why, but um, but yeah, that's what we're going to get into tonight for a short segment. I can only have him on for about a, a half hour, so let's get into some stuff here during the the opening. And the first thing I have for you right now is Owen Schroyer has confronted James Comey, and this was... This was posted, this video was posted by the Liberty Podcast or the Liberty Broadcast, I think, last night. Take a listen to this. You go, one thing you can always say about Owen Schroyer is the guy has got balls. Here, James Comey is speaking somewhere. He comes in, and that is when Owen Schroyer uh, starts adding his voice to the, applo- the raucous applause that this big doofus receives wherever he goes by the uh, the, the clapping seals. He's saying the Democrat hero, James Comey. Illegally investigated Donald Trump and... Thank you so much for weaponizing the the uh, the FBI against Donald Trump, and he goes into you know, you're pretty much putting words in everybody's mouth. The words that everybody spe- in that room speaks quietly in their heart. Thank you for people like James Comey. Something about this Russia thing stinks, but I have been trained to hate Donald Trump, and this just feels so good to see him tortured on supposedly my behalf. But if you're a citizen, it's not on your behalf. You're the one that pays money into this farce. It's people like James Comey and his higher-ups who make out with some kind of a benefit from this. Hey, you're covering up Hillary Clinton's crimes and set the stage for the FBI to cover up 
Thank you for covering up Hillary Clinton's crimes and setting the stage for the FBI. This is, it's great. <laughs> Let's hear it for James Comey. Comey love the FBI. We love the federal government. Why, you guys, why? You don't love the FBI? You guys don't appreciate James Comey weaponizing the government against Donald Trump? Come on. And yes, Owen, they absolutely do. They just want to not have their dirty diapers rubbed in their face. They'd rather sit there with their legs crossed, with their with their, their chins up and their noses up, and they want to feel like they are just, uh, you know, the snooty, bougie assholes that they are. Now, the, the reason why I'm playing it this far is that the best part is coming up. Now, Owen is going to be told, all right, all right, sir, you, got, you have to calm down. Now, I don't know if he was escorted out or if he, if he let himself out afterwards, but uh, a security guard comes up, big, burly, black security guard comes up and tells him to calm down and held, tells him to take a seat, and then you got to see what happens. Here comes the security guard. All right, everyone, thank you. Tells thank them to you sit down. Now he gave him two thumbs up. All right, you can be, you can say that all of the security guard is just telling him, yeah, good, sit down, calm down. All right, we're good, we're all cool. But he gave him two enthusiastic, smiling thumbs up. And to me, look, got a freeze frame. To me, that thumbs up, that with that, look at the smile that he's giving Owen Troyer. That tells me this guy says, yeah, you're, you're cool by me. 100%. I'm with you, man. Go ahead, sit down. Try to be quiet if you can, but I'm with you. You're right. I, at least that's all I'm going to tell myself. I'm going to hope. Hope against hope. Uh, yeah, so there's a lot, there's a lot that... Um, there's a lot like that going on out there. And, you know, I, I think that it's just that everybody is beyond the point of believability. Um, I was talking about this the other night with James when he came on PCP. The Yahoo article about the the Nazis in the um, the Ukrainian army. How they have to come out now. The, the It was the New York Times syndicated by Yahoo and elsewhere. And just saying, oh, you know, it's not a, um, it's not that they're Nazis. It's just that there is just such ingrained Nazi symbolism. They, they're not Nazis per se, but they just can't stop using Nazi symbolism. The cross, the skull and cross, the skull and crossbones, the, uh, the, the black sun. They, they, they just can't do it. They love it too much. It's a, they keep talking about pride and individuality and personal sovereignty but uh, of course, we know that it is steeped in Nazi symbolism, and it's creating a little bit of an issue. But hey, hey, uh, it can't be all bad because Zelensky's a Jew himself. Um, of course, we're not gonna crack open that can of worms right now because uh, self harm is all part of the plot, if you know what I mean. And uh, that's all I'll say for tonight. But it's just incredible how bad the writing is getting. And, and maybe maybe it's always been this bad. But there's just so little left to believe and so little trust. 
at when Owen Schroyer goes up there and does something like that, and you can see that there's really nothing anybody can say to push back on it. Then again, what, what are you going to do? Have a have a debate right there? He's he's trolling them all, but in a, in a wonderful fashion. Here's another thing: you can see people have gone so far beyond uh, whatever is acceptable for the average person. Senator Scott Weiner, this guy from California who who writes all of these degenerate sexual bills out there, um, he is a uh, he's a gay guy, in gay Jew, in the Congress out there, the the state Senate, and he's just all all about age of consent, tinkering with that, and all this other weird stuff. It's very weird. So you want to talk about minorities and minorities and minorities and telling, calling the world around them bigoted or anti-Semitic or all that other stuff to be able to show, you know, kind of, you know, take some of the blame away from the weird, weird behavior you're engaged in. Uh, here's another example of it. Now, he went and he shared a New York Times article from yesterday. It's an opinion piece from one Charles M. Blow. And the headline is, yes, we are in an LGBTQ state of emergency. Senator Scott Weiner says, as the LGBTQ community celebrates Pride Month, (laughs) oh God, we are besieged by a malicious coordinated legislative attack. The coordinated assault against LGBTQ people requires a coordinated pushback and strong support by allies. It's all hands on deck. And you know what? I'm so happy about this. You know why? Because the honeymoon phase with this vicious farce of a movement is over. The damage that LGBT incorporated, I'm talking about the corporate interest that is twisting the world's arm and waging war on behalf of people who by and large probably don't want to be bothered. LGBTQ Incorporated, the damage that it has caused itself is officially irreparable. It's irreparable as it was inevitable. It was always inevitable. Because as you can see, there was never a line that was intended to be drawn in the sand. In 10 years, we went from, yay, Supreme Court, we finally got the ability to, I mean, it's a it's an attack on the 10th Amendment and the Bill of Rights, but on the surface, it was just such big, a big civil rights celebration that now nobody can be discriminated against by any state government when it comes to marriage. And that's what it was always about, right? And in 10 years since then, what are we talking about? We are lopping off the testicles of five-year-olds. So it's, um, it's irreparably damaged. And because, because the madness is out there in the open, and parents, men, women, gay or, and straight, all over the country are saying, enough is enough, leave children alone. It stops here. And because they are actually doing what they can and should be doing by passing local ordinance and, and local legislation in their state governments to make sure that pornographic materials, not books, not classic American literature, because we know that's problematic in itself because it's classic, it's traditional, it has old world, old world themes and notions that are no longer uh, applicable to modern audiences. It's not about that. It's about gay blowjob tutorials for children. 
when everybody talks about banning books. And the fact that people are going out and they are doing things to make sure that schools are in some way, shape, or form getting cleaned up, that they're going out there and making sure that across many states now, they have passed school choice bills to make sure that you can take your money as a family and send your child anywhere that you want instead of having to go to some, one of these, these, these craziest insane asylums. Perhaps the charter schools are insane too, but at least you got a choice. And, uh, and, and many more. The mixing of adult entertainment and children. A lot of people are passing bills against that, and they call this a coordinated attack against the LGBTQ community. Well, if that's an attack against your community, fuck your community. All right? Even though the community thing is a lie as well. That's a lie as well. And I love it. I love it. The honeymoon is over. Now, it doesn't mean it's not it does it doesn't mean that the fight is over because now it's just going to get more and more vicious, more violent. Because the, uh, the, the illusion of there being a peaceful civil rights movement out there that's just trying to make inroads with society and, and, uh, and not bother anybody, that's gone. That was always an illusion. A very short fuse for that ticking time bomb. And, uh, and now we're getting things like this pop up, which is really wonderful too. WorldNet Daily, shocker, huge increase in number of Americans identifying as conservative. Joe Biden and his leftist cohorts in power now have pushed Americans for years to be much more liberal. Some even say Marxist or communist. On the number of agenda points from his ideologies of transgenderism to abortion to open borders. Looks like he's failed. No, I, I, I wouldn't have even included him. As a new polling from Gallup. In its latest Values and Beliefs survey reveals shockingly that Americans have turned back to conservatism with a vengeance on social policies and economy. For the most part, most of the past eight years, Americans were about as likely to say they were liberal as conservative on social issues. This year, there is a much more obvious conservative advantage, Gallup explains. The shift is mostly due to increasing social conservatism among Republicans at a time when social issues such as transgender rights, abortion, and other hot-button concerns are prominent in the national public space. You know why? Because it's a national security issue. Now, we have a lot of conversations on this show about using terms like Republican and Democrat to be uh, examples of what is left and supposedly right. It's very, very, it's not a good thing to do. It does not represent political ideological spectrum or anything like that. It is not a good basis on philosophy and nothing. They're two leftist parties. So obviously they're talking a little bit bigger here than party politics. All right. When you say liberal conservative, uh, this is probably a little bit more so of a backlash against something from a, a gut this is a gut feeling, more of a, a visceral reaction to something that you know without any special training is wrong. And, and because there's only so many ways that we, we describe a situation and describe ourselves and describe a stance that you take, liberal, conservative, Democrat, Republican, that, that's just the way it's all summed up. Okay? Um, but this is a national security issue. When 
20% of Generation Z identifies now because they have been nurtured into identifying as somewhere on the gender non-conforming spectrum over here. I mean, when when one-fifth of the the generation that is about that to come up and really start coming into its own entering into the workforce more and more entering into politics more and more just whatever just be just leaving the nest and going out there into the world when one-fifth of them can't decide what gender they are from day to day that's a fucking crisis that's not a civil rights triumph it's a crisis and it has been deliberately done it's it, it's <laughs> Uh, you know, so I, it just always remember when you describe this as you're not a, a Republican because you see this going on. I'm sure that there's plenty of so-called liberal Democrats that are, are wondering just when we're going to hit the back wall of all this progress that we're, we're being that's being demanded of us. But um, still... They say uh, the shift is mostly due to increasing social conservatism amongst uh, Republicans at a time when social issues uh, such as transgender rights and abortion, all pretty much death trajectory issues, the death of self, the death of youth, the death of the new generation, killing, deliberately killing, dismembering the new generation, valuing life less and less. The idea that we are now talking about more and more... um, suicide death tourism to states now like Vermont that says hey come over here kill yourself or in uh, Canada where um, you can be killed by the state by a state doctor if you're poor with nothing else wrong with you Uh, when asked to describe their political views overall Without reference to social or economic issues, 40% say that they have conservative views, 31 moderate and 26 liberal, said the bolster. And because of the Overton window being so jacked up in this country, and especially in Europe even more so, I wish that I can get more detail onto what kind of questions these people were being asked. What is a moderate view these days? What's a, what's a conservative view these days? Like I said, when you come, when it comes down to children, to j- transgenderism, to abortion, and, and what those safe and rare kind of things have turned into now as a, as a you know, cultural celebration for some people, that just becomes a gut, a gut thing. That becomes a gut thing. You just know that something's wrong and you don't need to get into any kind of uh, politics about it. The pollster said the survey comes at a time when many states are considering policies regarding transgender matters, abortion, crime, drug use, and the teaching of gender and sexuality in schools. The polling explained the increase in conservative identification on social issues over the past two years is seen among nearly all political and demographic subgroups. Republicans show one of the largest increases from 60 percent in 2021 to 74 percent today independents show modest uptick of five percentage points from 24 to 29 while there has been no change among democrats 10 percent in both 2021 and 2023 so there's a little more on that but i guess you understand what's uh what the deal is so all right, that's it for a little bit of the opening at 7.20. Let's get this thing kicked off. Leo Zagami will be uh, with us in just a moment. So 
Help me get this show far and wide. I tweeted it out. I forgot to put it everywhere else. So you can go to the, quite frankly, official Twitter that is at Political Orgy and give it a retweet or copy and paste some of the links and help me syndicate the program tonight. I love hanging out with this audience. I really do every night. It's a great blessing. And, um, and thank you all so much. We'll be right back. and stand up to us, then they all might stand up. Those puny little ants outnumber us a hundred to one. And if they ever figure that out, there goes our way of life. It's not about food. It's about keeping those ants in line. That's why we're going back. Does anybody else want to stay? Let's ride! Ladies and gentlemen, so we are um, hanging out. I don't know no intro music, but I want to just jump right into this because I'm working a a shorter window of time tonight. Leo Zagami, you guys know him. You guys know him. He's a uh, a writer of many books, deep dives into the nature and the history of the Illuminati. Has quite an interesting background himself. And I uh, and and I love talking to him about everything that has to do with the the uh, the slow development of new world order and what the plans are from the the so-called masters out there. He's a writer, researcher, son of Dr. Ilio Zagami, and uh, a known Jungian analyst, co-founder of GAPA. That's Independent Group of Analytical Psychology of which he was a president. His grandfather was Senator Leopold Zagami, a Sicilian politician, who's also known historian and author who married into aristocratic family of the Marquis de Gregorio. He actually has some really interesting family ties over here in, uh, in the New World, in New York too. So talk to him about that, but he's got a, a really interesting family background and the information he has amassed over a lifetime has been has been great and now he lives pretty much in exile in in the US where he's free to write his books at least for now and talk about all types of kooky things that we love doing every night now here's what I wanted to set the stage with right now here is one of the latest things that he published on leozagami.com the UFO truth behind the AI cyber Satan trap is unfolding in front of our eyes uh, what here's a quote This is from one of his books. This is from Volume 7, Confessions of Illuminati. What if AI is an alien trap from the very start? Do you think aliens will appear in the sky and then invade us? No. Unfortunately, they are already here, using AI and robots, the fruit of reverse engineering, as artificial means to conquer us. 
Think for a moment about this sequence of past events since the 1950s. We tried to build artificial intelligence for a long time without success. Then suddenly AI became real and robot takeover suddenly began on a massive scale. But we are not its real creators. Aliens slash demons are. So that's, this is one of the things I can't wait to talk to them about. And they will use robots to impose the power of Cyber Satan's legion. Without weapons on mankind, we are already dependent on robots, and we are becoming even more dependent every day. So there is no way to change the game result. We are the apparent losers in this game, and this whole process might have happened already in many other species across the universe. Remember, the beginning of modern AI can indeed be traced to classical philosophers' attempts to describe human thinking as a symbolic system. But the field AI wasn't formally founded until summer of 1956, less than 10 years after the Roswell incident at a workshop held on the campus of Dartmouth College in Anover, New Hampshire, where the term artificial intelligence was suddenly coined. That is from his Confessions of a Illuminati, Volume 7 from 2022. Now he goes on to say, this is a short extract from one of my most successful yet controversial books where I explain in detail how UFO reverse engineering has been used since the 1950s by demonic aliens to build a digital prison on behalf of Cyber Satan, a.k.a. AI, in time for what Christian eschatology describes as the end times. Well, that sounds just like what I want to talk about on a Thursday night, and we are going to be welcoming back Leo Zagami, now, I don't know, it's been, it's been months, but I, I love every time he comes and joins us. Leo, how you doing tonight? Not bad. Uh, thank you for having me on again. Yes, no, I was just reading a little bit of the excerpt from uh, Confessions of Illuminati 7, and that was about, that was about the UFO, the UFO um, uh, truth behind the whole Cyber Satan thing that I want to ask you about. The last time you were here, we spoke about your latest book, specifically about the entertainment industry and how it's been designed to deliver young generations into a future where paganism and artificial intelligence are married to one another. My question is for you, to start off, is when you describe Cyber Satan, you say that we are not AI's real creators, that demonic aliens are the creators. Can you explain how those non-terrestrials did this? Are they working through humans? Is every human that has ever developed an advanced computer system possessed in some way? Explain that. Well, uh, as you know, I uh, spoke in volume seven of uh, a specific uh, uh, hypothesis which I am putting through, of course, today also for your audience. Uh, Cyber Satan, which is a subject I started to discuss in volume 6.66, I wanted to define where it was coming from in volume 7. So I talked about reverse engineering, and reverse engineering really leads us to uh, Cyber Satan because uh, it was actually only a few years after the Roswell accident uh, that in the 50s artificial intelligence was finally presented and at that point we can say that basically the AI was formally founded uh, in, in the middle of the 60s, uh, uh, sorry, in the 50s, in 1956 to be exact, which is less than 10 years after the Roswell accident and uh, this whole foundation came together at a workshop on the campus of Dartmouth College in Hanover, New Hampshire, 
And basically, uh, at that point, we can say that uh, people started to get very interested. Scientists started to devote their time to this whole thing. But reverse engineering can be also a trap, can be also a Trojan horse. So the moment in which you're using this technology, we have been given this technology that we are using even today as we speak, we are depending from a whole system, which we call, in fact, the World Wide Web. It's like a spider web you know, that is uh, around us. And it's like uh, basically a fisherman that throws in the net and then fishes his, uh, you know, his yeah. fishes, basically. And so at the end, we find ourselves uh, with, of course, uh, all this modern technology, all these advances that are also starting to worry because artificial intelligence now is starting to become also a problem, of course. But where is it, where is all this coming from? So when in the last few days we, we heard about uh, confirmation from uh, a rather credible source about uh, ufo reverse engineering being a reality and not any longer just a fantasy of some conspiracy theories with this uh, david charles grouch that uh, came from uh, a very distinguished background in the national geospatial and intelligence uh, intelligence agency and national reconnaissance office so a, a guy who is a professional who of course is exposing himself we can't trust these people. Of course, we can't trust these people because the whole thing could be a psyop. The whole thing is a psychological operation. But they are not really presenting us uh, this reverse engineering as something negative. It's me in uh, my own interpretation, uh, which uh, I have uh, laid in volume seven, which presents this as instead a Trojan horse that will lead us to enslavement because this uh, digital prison that we have started to build uh, gradually in the last few decades is now uh, coming uh, to uh, uh, a, 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 an omega point. Because in the end, we have to go back to what Pierre Teilhard de Cardin said, uh, which is this omega point, which Ray Kurzweil calls the infinity, the, the basically the moment in which we have the singularity concept arising, when we are merging with the machine. So as we are pushing more and more towards transhumanism, we understand that the alien invaders might not really need to arrive, you know, and colonize us like we imagine uh, in, in that kind of Orson Welles scenario of War of the Worlds uh, from H.G. Wells that was lectured so well in 1938 and that scared the living out of everybody in that uh, Halloween of that year, 1938, which really led after to a series also of uh, of uh, other probably psyops that uh, have been delivered during the course of time. Now, we know that uh, ufology is born uh, as we know it uh, with Kenneth Arnold in June 1947. We know that, of course, the Roswell crash is part of this whole UFO lore. But we also know that the UFOs were starting to appear in the end of uh, the 1800s uh, with uh, uh, these uh, mysterious spaceships that were seen uh, all over the place. And that, of course, a lot of people ascribe to what is known as yellow journalism, which is a sort of fake journalism, fake news uh, that was so popular back then. However, uh, we, we, we kind of 
have a phenomenon which for certain verses uh, took the word uh, by surprise but also took the word uh, completely from uh, them in throwing uh, them in, in this uh, whole subject just like it happened a hundred years earlier with spiritism you see in 1947 we have the birth basically of modern ufology but a uh, hundred years earlier in 1847 with the fox sisters we had the birth of spiritism and uh, that was also a phenomenon that led a lot of people astray because with both phenomena we see there is a lot of charlatans involved a lot of people that of course are you uh, utilizing uh, this uh, this whole thing uh, for uh, their own uh, whatever uh, selling maybe some product some book uh, you know we have a lot of uh, uh, people that are selling uh, things i noticed that even uh, last weekend uh, when i went here uh, in indian wells to the known uh, ufo convention called contact in the desert you know you have uh, uh, all this UFO lore, which then is filled up also by all this new age kind of uh, selling of the crystals of this remedy. Yep. Other yep. uh, so now that we have uh, this, uh, of course, uh, this guy who has, is coming out with some incredible revelations. Now that we have also in Las Vegas uh, and in the last few hours, they have released footage, uh, even if partial of a landing in the backyard of, of, of a family i saw i saw this i saw this <laughs> you know that is also very pittoresque very entertaining maybe but at the same time it makes us understand that maybe there is either something to it or either they are working towards uh, making us uh, believe that we are finally uh, under an alien invasion because you know there's been also a lot of talk during the years about uh, speculations about uh, the possibility of finally unifying the world as a one world government once you have an external uh, external force this happened already with uh, ronald reagan talking uh, back in the last days of the cold war when he was meeting with the head of the soviet union and and of course uh, he was bringing up this subject what if what if you know it was like always a ventilated possibility what if we were suddenly invaded by aliens what well, will happen well you know you know leo you you said something before you said that you used the the term trojan horse to describe yes. the ai which i think is uh it, it's very it's very uh appropriate especially when we think about how uh, we've been interacting with it up until this point, our phones. I mean, we have a lot of people, we, we're holding the technology in our hands at this point. Um, a lot of people are, are starting to get interested in things like these new uh, Apple goggles that are, that now you can just have it, you know, pretty much a, a layer of augmented reality over your your face. Um, obviously, there's more and more talk about uh, the, the the subdermal chips and also inside of your skull, the Neuralink technology that uh, Elon Musk is working on. Just got FDA approval for human testing. So, um, and then the other thing there too is that we know that the more that we use our phones, the more we actually feed 
the AI. When you talked about casting that net like a fisherman's net, every thought that we ever put out there on the internet is something somehow gobbled up and internalized in a way to try to create a uh, an artificial understanding of how the human mind works. Uh, but my question for you next is your term, your use of the term demonic aliens. Does that mean that they're aliens that are possessed by demons like humans can be possessed or does that mean that you believe uh, alien and demon are terms that could be used interchangeably are they the same thing uh, what were describe that uh, or give us a little bit more of a background on that use of the of the term demonic alien because some people think that those are separate and then others believe that they are actually are actually one well, we have, of course, a hierarchy in the universe, and on top of this hierarchy, we have our creator, which is God, who has created us in his image. So now that we are starting to actually going towards transhumanism, we are betraying, if you want, that perfection, and we are going towards the uncertain realm that instead is this merging with the machine. At the same time, you, of course, asked me the question about these entities. What are they? Now, I wrote a book published a while ago called Invisible Master. Then I went again into this subject in volume four of my confessions. And I uh, explained how uh, we have basically uh, the Gnostic concept, for example, which we can adopt, uh, the Gnostic concept of the Archons, which are basically uh, kind of um, monitoring and controlling us. Uh, the Archons are basically the planets around us, which, of course, for the ancients were the gods, no? for the, uh, the gods of the ancient Greeks, uh, the gods of the ancient Romans, uh, and uh, of course these planetary spirits that go along with them, which are uh, in themselves also known as elementals, uh, elementals that are uh, often mentioned within uh, the context of theosophy. In fact, uh, the, the main difference between the, 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 the theosophists and the spiritists, even if in the end many of them were were working uh, together and uh, the, the actually spiritism helped creating what, uh, what, what we have now with uh, the new world order because uh, theosophy which was basically born out of spiritism with Madame Blavatsky who was a medium became then the basis of what then later on we, we, we have with the United Nations and, and, and so when it comes down to the actual entities which I am talking about, in 1947, in July 1947, and I explain also this in my books, uh, there was an organization in San Diego, an organization that basically was dedicated with uh, this guy called Maid Lane uh, to borderline science. They were basically doing some uh, research uh, into the topic of uh, the UFO topic, but under an occult uh, point of view, because the first ufologists were all uh, really coming from the theosophical milieu, from the occult. Uh, uh, George Adamski, the famous contactee uh, himself, he founded an order called the Royal Order of Tibet, and he was very much involved with theosophy earlier on in his life. But then we have also uh, people like Frater Ashad, 
who was uh, this uh, uh, disciple of Alistair Crowley, who was in charge uh, of his uh, for, for a period of his OTO here in America, who was also very much uh, um, interested in aliens. Even Alistair Crowley himself, really, uh, was very much interested to this subject. In fact, uh, his uh, depiction of uh, this entity called Lamb resembles uh, really the greys. So, are they demonic? Uh, well, uh, the universe is made of creatures which are demonic and creatures which are angelic. Uh, the ones that, uh, of course, uh, are fighting us because of our soul, because of who we are, because we have made uh, in the image of God uh, are of course uh, demons and uh, they are the ones that have been uh, somehow casted out of the heavens thrown, I mean Lucifer himself is being kicked out of the heavens and thrown down here. Now is a UFO evil or is a UFO good? Well a UFO is an object which can be a spaceship and uh, uh, my car is not necessarily evil it depends who drives my car Right. So uh, it depends also who drives that spaceship. Uh, the same technology the angels had, of course, the fallen angels have. <laughs> it's, 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 it's because, uh, you know, they have been casted out of heaven. It doesn't mean that they have lost their technology. Of course, they have lost their link to uh, to God, and they, and, and they have, uh, though at the end times, they have also their own function in a way, because they are leading astray a lot of people, a lot of people that, thanks to ufology, at times build their own alternative beliefs, uh, people that uh, uh, almost ascribe a religious kind of connotation to ufology, if you know what I mean. And, uh, and, and they kind of like get fascinated by lights or things they can see moving around, this and that and all the other. But we have to understand, even the spiritists uh, were manifesting things. Going, and, and they were not necessarily genuine mediums that were channeling uh, your dead father or grandfather or whatever. They were often uh, people uh, in, uh, actually the first spiritists were also people involved with a certain secret society which is uh, within the illuminati which was called the hermetic brotherhood of luxor and uh, this uh, brotherhood of luxor was then connected to uh, a sabbatean frankist called max theon and at the same time it was connected to a guy who was a kind of a channeler who later on will also be exposed for uh, for various scandals um, but in the end uh, if you ask me if these entities are all evil who are visiting us uh, no it will be erroneous because then there will not be the communication that moses had with his own intermediary with god the, the metaphor you understand and then the the fact that uh, uh, we have had uh, encounters that have brought benefits to mankind, that have uh, probably extracted also mankind. But when we are given certain technology by the gods, uh, ultimately we end up always misusing it. <laughs> so it's it's uh, it happens probably since ancient times. So we are now being given the possibility of. Uh, creating something which uh, far exceed uh, actually our own uh, intellectual capabilities because once the ai is launched 
and has acquired all that data you talked about, because the AI is kind of uh, taking all this data a little bit like a vampire, no? It's kind of sucking all this data and growing and growing and growing in power. Then in 2030, we will suddenly be living in a prison planet, in a digital prison planet, for those, of course, who have chose to stay in the cities. The cities are the first ones that will be dominated by cyber Satan or everything, like I said in the past, that is smart is simply satanic. So what? you will have to build your own alternative. And at the same time, if they start manifesting uh, these demons and showing themselves, uh, we will definitely have uh, some weird encounters. And uh, those encounters will probably bring a lot of people also to believe in the wrong things. Now, Harari, the uh, prophet of the World Economic Forum, the philosopher of the World Economic Forum, who loves transhumanism, has talked uh, in the last, uh, in the past few months, about also the AI creating new religions, new beliefs, new politics. So we might end up worshiping the AI, but the AI is itself actually a trap that is being offered to us on a silver plate and say, come on, bring this technology to Area 51 or wherever you want, develop it, and everybody, oh, yes, yes, yes. But then after, there's going to be a moment in which that technology is going to, you know, it's, it's like they give us a lot, but then they will have, they will want something in return. Well, I, I you know, I was going to bring up uh, Harari. Uh, in a second there, and I, I, I still have to, but you know, when you, when you talk about evil, and I, I understand the, the difference between something that is in, you know, evil in its nature, angelic in its nature, and then how a technology that could be used will be indifferent in its nature, and it's just how, how is the tool going to be used. But my, what I still um, don't really understand, and I would, would love a little bit more clarity on in, in your writing, is whether or not you're saying that these, um, these uh, entities are spiritual in nature or physical in nature. Because that exactly what 2,000 years ago we were warned about. I mean, the mark of the beast, Satan and his legion, the plan that ultimately unfolds during Revelation. There is nothing that has changed since then. The warnings were given. You see, the problem here is that in the early stages of Christianity, Christianity was infiltrated by those they claim to be called, you know, they claim to have knowledge. They, they were called the Gnostics. And so the Gnostic heresy started to build up immediately from uh, Simon Magus, uh, Apollonius Tatiana, the moment Jesus went on the, you know, went on the cross, Jesus disappeared from the scene. You can either believe he, he died or not. Uh, some of the Gnostics believe they didn't, just like the Muslims. But in any case, the Gnostics are the Illuminati of today, the mystery schools. When you actually are initiated in the Illuminati, when you initiated in the various uh, sects that belong to what I describe as the Illuminati network in my books, you are in contact with Gnosticism. And Gnosticism is a very elitarian form of religion in which the pneumatics are the Illuminati, are the ones, the privileged class. The other ones uh, who are not given this knowledge are inferior, are considered inferior. It's not like Christianity. 
Christianity is different because Christianity said know the truth and the truth should set us free. It was actually uh, John uh, in Patmos, of course, who gave us uh, probably the book of Revelation, even if some people contest that. But John also was the guy who fought the Gnostics, who fought uh, the Gnostics who were already starting to uh, pick up the words of Jesus, mix them with their own heretical, perverted creeds, black magic, orgies, sex magic, everything that... Uh, basically, uh, people like Crowley did. There's nothing new. It was done 2,000 years ago by the people who created these currents. So, the moment in which we are now finally close to what they define as the elixir vitae, which means the elixir of long life, well, uh, it's it's because, Ray, you know, people like Ray Kurzweil are going on record saying we're going to achieve immortality in 2000, uh, within uh, the next few years, by 2030. So these people are aiming to achieve immortality. That was always the goal of the Gnostics. The Gnostics, of course, have also, uh, you know, prior to them, they still were the pre-Gnostics, and, and they were always focused on Egypt. In fact, if you go and check out all the Gnostics, they will always tell oh we can you know there's always a line that comes from egypt because egypt is the place where the illuminati uh claim there was uh, you know they, they started this whole project but some of them claim it was even earlier with atlantis and then though the alexandrian school of the illuminati was very important and then of course we have the the fathers of christianity who had to fight this heresy and at the same time, they, you know, they they themselves were led to some of the mistakes of the Gnostic simony, the practice of simony. You know what it means? It means se selling, you know, spiritual. You know, I can bestow upon you the title of bishop under some sum of money. That is simony. Hmm. Well, simony, their simony is born out of Simon Magus. Simon Magus was a guy who, uh, when uh, Jesus uh, uh, disappeared from the scene, died, uh, he basically came into the scene and started to offer money to all the disciples to acquire influence. And he got in a fight with Peter in Rome. And then in the end, he died because uh, he was stupid. He, he, he kind of like, I think, uh, launched himself thinking he could walk in, on thin air. But in reality, the, the practice of simony is born already back then. And unfortunately, the Catholic Church and other churches uh, are very much entrenched in the practice of simony. However, the actual uh, possession that, you know, the exorcist is called to exorcise uh, a possession, no? Mm. Well, uh, we see uh, the film The Exorcist starts with a uh, Ojab, uh, Ouija board, the Nox, typical of spiritism, and then of course she's possessed. And the guy who comes to exercise him, uh, as exercise the protagonist, is based, like I explained in volume 6.66, on Pierre Teilhard de Cardin. Now you say, who, who the heck is Pierre Teilhard de Cardin? Well, this guy is Pierre, Arthur C. Clarke and the film 2001 Space Odyssey. So that's it. I don't need to add anything else because it's all in that film. But the, the, the actual figure of Pierre Teilhard de Cardin was also inspirational 
for the main character, Father Marin, in the film The Exorcist, because he was an anthropologist, he was an exorcist, he was a Jesuit, of course. So here we have, of course, uh, some very clear indications. Also, there was a guy in the 90s that came out uh, uh, from the Vatican talking about the UFOs, and everybody was like very much interested about what he had to say. He was called Corrado Balducci. Corrado Balducci uh, was uh, uh, then befriended Zachariah Sitchin, and they became and they started to collaborate. But Corrado Balducci used to be a demonologist. Corrado Balducci was an exorcist. So there is always this constant link. And so when you have the phenomenon of abduction, what, what, what are you really having there? Because the phenomenon of abduction in the majority of cases resembles uh, uh, demonic possession. So, and, they're, so, uh, so they're, not actually being, they're not actually being taken from their, their they, ha, they may have lost time and all that, but they're not being, you, you say that uh, in the most part, they're not being taken by anything. This is a, a spiritual phenomenon. These are not actual... No, 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 because, you know, when you're taken into another dimension, you're taken somewhere. I no, mean, yeah. we are only conscious of this dimension, but there is many other dimensions, and these entities are interdimensional creatures. It's us who, unfortunately, invite uh, uh, these creatures into our dimension sometimes willingly sometimes unwillingly the majority of times unwillingly since ancient times though there has been also the phenomena of uh, the willing contact with these entities uh, we find it uh, from uh, you know from animism and shamanism uh, you just take uh, you ask uh, you go into the jungle with uh, and you start getting in contact or you use the peyote like uh, the ayahuasca ayahuasca or peyote these were and are still substances used to open certain chakras and enter in contact with you know with entities from other dimensions it's a very dangerous thing though to do especially when you are not knowledgeable about what you're doing when you're doing it maybe only for social purposes just to have a laugh where avoid doing that because then it's very easy for these entities to just latch on and that's it your life might uh, end up uh, uh, having some serious consequences from these actions well when you know when you're talking about there now that sound or i start seeing how this can can really uh tie in in many ways you brought up uh harari before so now now about a month before you had klaus schwab made that comment about how AI, the metaverse, all of these new technologies that, that people are very wary about because of the things that you were saying here, that they are very possessive in many ways, they, are, um, they, 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 they bear striking resemblance to all kinds of uh, descriptions of the mark of the beast and what the end times really are, are brought in through. And he said that whoever is really in in control of these technologies would have the power to control the world. And then in May, Klaus Schwab's cabin boy, Harari, was talking about how AI being a mechanism through which cults, new cults and religions 
would emerge. So when you talk about the concept of AI... invented on QAnon, which is something that I did also in Volume 7 before Harari, saying QAnon is the typical product of the AI, because, you know, you are starting to receive these drops, consider them almost like a religion, yep. and a lot of people were uh, led uh, into uh, this... Uh, fake reality of QAnon, which, yes, mix some truth with a lot of lies that, that in the end ruined a lot of people because then, you know, a lot of those people ended up uh, sadly in, in that Capitol Hill trap. So I, uh, I think that this is only the beginning, unfortunately, of uh, uh, this kind of experiments. And in the future, we will have, you know, I saw a lot of people, even people I met and I thought they, you know, these nice people I met when after I came here to the United States, and suddenly the QAnon phenomena got so uh, pervasive in them. It kind of like they got they became like sect members of a cult, and 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 Arari wasn't wrong in saying that. I'm afraid. Uh, no, no, no. I, I, when, he, when he brought that up, I understood. I, I understood because when it was all going on, uh, there was a, a, lot of, a lot of conversation-worthy things that were being published on all those drops. And, and, but you did see how some people took it to, to some levels that you're just like, okay, pump the brakes a little bit. You haven't been in this for a while. It's like drinking from a fire hose for some people. They see their world, that there's a, a whole new world open to them, and all of a sudden it's just they want everything all at once, and it can make you go a little bad for a little while but you know um, but when you when I see that AI alien deception the way that you have described it tonight and in your writing I can see the tie in there where um, it, it, it does take on uh, it, it does force you to really look at the world in a, in a in a brand new way and it may seem like the world just from five minutes ago is an alien planet that's why sorry if I interrupted you but uh, that's why this book talks about the occult uh, origins of uh, the great reset i mean the roots of the great reset are occult uh, most books that talk about the great reset of klaus schwab focus on the geopolitical side of things i wanted to focus on the occult side of things with evidence though because as you know my books are provide uh, sources that are serious sources and so I, I i work as an investigative journalist in exposing these things in a way that they're not they can't be debunked in any way because they are realistic the fact that in december 1965 there was a pact of the catacombs under rome made by a group of bishops the head of these bishops become then the mentor of klaus schwab well in the catacombs you don't have great energy and everybody knows every occultist knows that in the in any kind of cave you have very very particular energies and even if in those caves you even have dead bodies then you have even more particular energy mm. so often you are in contact with entities of the underworld if you start going underground and they have uh, devised a pact of the catacombs, which I invite you to study in 13 points, which is basically a Marxist pact, which unveils what the Vatican is nowadays with Pope Francis, who of course is now uh, sick, uh, he has his own problems, and is in hospital once again. We don't know how long he's gonna live, but they are already preparing for the first 
black African hope. That is going to be the end of everything, guys. When you see that Pope coming out of St. Peter's, not because I want to be racist, there's nothing to do with racism. That's the sign of the end. Prepare yourself for your nuclear bunker and get ready because that's when the shit is going to hit the fan. Well, I mean, he's he's 85 years old, and I heard, I mean, the last couple of years he's been in and out of the hospital with uh, what, they, what, what they're trying to say are just normal procedures, but other people in back channels are, are saying, oh, no, it's very serious, it's, it's colon cancer, it's this and that, and now uh, here we have this again. So, I mean, once you're into that age, you're already very frail. Well, actually, if you, if you read the, in between the lines, they're saying the situation, is worsening so it's not like it's getting better mm. i mean it's obvious that the guy doesn't have a lot to live uh, apparently he has decided maybe to not retire like his predecessor because he wants to now make out of his suffering a reality show so that's what's going to happen in the next few months. We're going to see this Pope getting worse and worse, but for the first time, it's going to be all very transparent, and it's going to be like, oh, we're going to feel sad for this Pope because he's suffering so much. Well, if he, if, if the one thing I'd be looking out for is a, is another resignation. If 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 this starts... Well, I always said that. I always thought that, uh, and I, I still think that that is possible, but uh, from what I heard in the last few days... There is a new plan, apparently, and this plan is to just make him die in a reality show. And in fact, for the first time, the Pope did something no other Pope did last week. He went into a TV studio in Italy to record the show. Now, I know maybe people in America, of course, are not acquainted with Italian TV. But Italian TV has a state-owned TV called Rai. Mm -hmm. And the Pope, for the first time, uh, went there. And, of course, it was all very much organized because, you know, Italy is basically still under the control of the Vatican. Even the state TV has parts of it which are under the control of the Vatican. So he had all his uh, very close collaborators. And then he uh, relayed his own thoughts. One of the thoughts uh, that I thought uh, was more interesting uh, that he relayed on that TV show was about the Holy Mary and these apparitions that are happening more and more, as you know. And uh, he said, uh, basically, well, they are too many. And as we know, in the last few months, the Vatican also created a special task force to evaluate them because there is a lot of fraudulent ones, of course. And at the same time, there is also some that could be of a demonic nature. But uh, this is what is happening. I think that, yes, he might resign, but there is also a possibility that uh, they might go the other way and uh, show us the gradual decline, because that uh, will in some way make us sympathetic with the Vatican and with the Pope. Yeah, and I think that regardless of how of whether this the Vatican means anything to a person obviously is very very important for end game scenarios here that the transfers of power and what the politics out there and the game planning for this stuff may be is always going to be very influential on on you know world geopolitical balances going forward which is why I, I take a lot of interest in that as well it's just it's it, yeah across the board 
uh, only two days ago, I mean, the representative of the Vatican visited Zelensky in Ukraine uh, with the hope uh, of trying to fix things. Uh, while instead, we, we know very well what is happening in Ukraine. There is nothing really to fix because it's all part of the great reset agenda. And, you know, we are just pouring more and more and more and more money. So, you know, the economy goes... Uh, basically bankrupt and people lose their houses, their jobs, uh, their cars, everything. And in the end, uh, you will own nothing and you will be happy. Yes. I, you know, I, have, I, I know we have, lim- well, I told you we have limited time tonight, but I have t- actually five to eight more minutes. And I have a couple of questions that came in from the audience I think are actually really good. And I, um, I want to throw this one at you. Here's the first one. Um, this is from Costco Law School. He says, can you ask Leo about where it is actually written that Illuminati believes in telling people what needs to be done to them to reduce any kind of karmic blowback? So is the disclosure necessary um, for, 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 for plotting in, in, uh, in these kinds of occult ways, Leo? But first of all, there is Illuminati who, are, who deal in the occult. There is Illuminati who don't dwell absolutely in the occult and take care only of the what we call the physical, chemical, physical, chemical stuff, which is basically the materialistic realm, the geopolitical realm. So then you have the think tanks, and but then you have then also figures in between figures, you know, like of course like Arari or even Klaus Schwab himself. Having said that, uh, uh, of course, there's no occult rituals that goes on in the Bilderbergers, uh, you know, in the reunions. So there is just a very methodical uh, game or geopolitical game that is played. But then you have, of course, the occult side of things. And the occult side of things has really... uh, kind of started, uh, let's say, five centuries ago, grimoires became more and more popular. Um, the, the actual uh, curiosity of the people to achieve some kind of connection with these forces to then achieve power over the other people and, and selling their soul to the devil. The Faustian pact, basically, is born more or less five, six hundred years ago. Um, and, and, and of course, it can go back even further, if, 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 because some say it can go back even further. But the actual character, the Faust, was a guy who was going around in Germany 500 years ago, who apparently sold his soul to the devil to achieve something. No? And there was initially, of course, we have a, a very particular version of Faust, which in the end loses everything because in the sense he, he achieves what he wants because the devil gives him everything but then in the end he, he in, ends up in hell with Goethe Goethe brought another version of the Faust and as you know Goethe was an Illuminati he was a Freemason and a member of the order of the Illuminati and in his own version of the Faust we have a, a different concept the concept of a, uh, of a bet with the devil that in in the end the Illuminati wants to do a bet with the devil. He seems like he seems to think he can get away with it. So that is the concept of today's Faustinian bargain with technology uh, that the Illuminati have done. 
so I, I hope that uh, clears up a little bit. A, a, a little bit. I can see that, especially from a from a standpoint of a person who's out there and wanting to barter with his own soul as collateral for something he wants to achieve or she wants to achieve or experience in this life. But when we talk about um, when we talk about uh, you know karmic blowback, uh, it, it comes to a point where there's there's a, this this understanding that. Those who are in power and and know um, know how. I mean, the, the laws of karma and dharma. These are concepts uh, that, if you think about, come from the east. Right. Uh, we have here in the west. Either you end up in hell or either you end up in heaven. There is also, of course, the intermediary purgatory that was built up for kind of the intermediary stage. Uh, and Dante Alighieri, of course, portrayed brilliantly the whole thing in his Divine Comedy. Uh, the, the the actual uh, Westerner of today doesn't even believe there is hell because he doesn't even believe there is God really. He has lost contact with the God, and 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 so this is uh, is, is already uh, a point of entrance for uh, for Cyber Satan that will uh, take over the show. Uh, the, the the fact that. Uh, karmically speaking, these people do bad things and end up in hell. They don't care about it. They, they, they really don't care. I mean, they only care about serving their own master, which is the prince of this world. They don't care about serving God. They don't care about the, the possibility of losing. You think that Henry Kissinger at year 100 cares if he's going to end up in hell, which he probably will? No, absolutely not. So, so, then is, so then is the concept of revelation of the method merely just a taunt? Is it just taunting? What do you mean? Well, like when, 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 a, uh, when, a, when a, a group of people, for example, in Hollywood, who, who through their craft show you what they're doing to us right now and what they intend to do to us, uh, yeah. that you're saying that that is just pretty much a taunt. That's not p appeasing some kind of a... Like a, I said in volume eight, they are simply uh, like, uh, I mean, mercenaries working for the New World Order, for, I mean, for the World Economic Forum. Most CEOs from Hollywood end up every year in, in Davos. So that should already tell you, you know, who is deciding for them what to, to write, what to project on the screens, and basically the stories that they have to push. Now, of course, you have the woke agenda, which is, uh, it's, it's, it's getting these people really to expose themselves even more in their ridiculous, uh, you know, uh, putting everything through their eyes. It's basically uh, a sick thing uh, for, for our children to actually uh, even see a cartoon these days can be a risk because uh, then you encounter a transgender cartoon character yeah. uh, as well as uh, I don't know what kind of character. And, and, and all of this is, 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 of course, to bring our level of energy of vibrations lower and lower and lower. That's why in volume eight of my confessions, I explain how the Sabbatian Frankist and the Jesuits have taken over Hollywood and with the military industrial complex for the last hundred years, they have pushed their various agendas, arriving all the way till now. I mean, maybe their agenda was different when Walt Disney was around. He was a rather conservative guy who was actually sympathetic to the Nazis at one point. <laughs> so he, he was very different from the Walt Disney CEOs of today who are completely progressive and complete leftist. Uh, the, the problem today is that, of course, they are working by the famous rule, divide and conquer. So everybody has to be divided, divided 
by race, by belief, by everything, you know, and we have to div be divided more and more because the more we are divided, the more they can control us, uh, more, and, and that is happening as we speak. That's why I say we have only a few years to detach from this system before there will be the, a, a technical impossibility. The moment in which you have a computer brain interface like the one Elon Musk is building, for example, or you have uh, simply an integration of some kind with the machine, which will be encouraged more and more, because this is what transhumanism, the, the, the transhumanism is also a Trojan horse of this system, of this diabolic system. It will be sold to us as uh, something that can make the people who are paralyzed walk, the people who are blind, they can see, oh, wow, this is fantastic. Why don't you just all do it? Let's all integrate with the machine because it offers some advantages. No? But uh, we go back to what we said at the beginning of the show, reverse engineering, cyber Satan, a trap, the mark of the beast. Real freedom is not uh, in this uh, in this kind of things. Real freedom is uh, being able to think and not be intercepted and hacked like Harari wants, you know, and control every single thought you have night and day, or or, 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 or even these smart toilets that they have built. <laughs> They're publicizing them even today. Yeah. I saw it on Facebook. Smart toilets. I mean, it's crazy. The whole I, thing is insane. It's true. Well, you think you you never thought that we would get to a point where our toilets would have an IP address, but they want it for everything. Well, Leo, uh, uh, you your your latest book that is Confessions of the Illuminati, Volume Eight. I hope everybody goes gets your entire uh, your entire collection. I know that you're always expanding. And I want to announce that this summer I will have Volume Nine. And I don't want to tell you more about Volume 9 because, of course, I will I will tell you more once it's out. But it's going to be a rather shocking book for everybody. So uh, wait and see. I don't know how you do it. I really don't know how you do it. These books are so thick, and you got no, you got something new to say uh, every damn volume. But we'll talk about nine when it's close to becoming coming out. LeoZagami.com. Thank you so much for spending time with us again tonight, sir. God bless you all, guys. All right. Take care. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is the end of that, and we're going to go and take a, you know, it's 8.13, and I can't go anywhere, so, uh, because we're going to be doing uh, book club in just a little bit, and I have to get off around 8.30 and, uh, and start up. Charlie Robinson will be joining us, and if you are a monthly subscriber, then you have been sent your link. That's it. I hope you, you're, you're with us. Now, you think about the whole... Um, the transhuman thing and getting hooked up. Remember, you say, well, I'm, I'm definitely not getting into that. Well, he said it's going to be pushed more and more. Every once in a while, you know, there's a new innovation, little bite here, little bite there. They get your, um, they, they, they start market testing the digital currency. Then, of course, it is just uh, everybody goes through this transition. Who knows what happens when that day comes? Canada, they just announced it, um, that it's coming again very, very soon. I think about a day or two ago. And when you say, well, they're going to keep pushing it, but they're going to hit a brick wall, and I hope they do. But just remember that little, that little piece of uh, statistics that we put out in the, the opening of the show tonight. 20% of Zoomer kids already have taken on transhuman thinking, where they think that they are not 
exactly what they were born as and uh and, and through that kind of social grooming through the you know, methods that are a lot you know some more personal than others you know can, that can get that can get pretty intimate in a classroom but other than that the messaging that comes down from hollywood and anywhere else where where me, where media is consumed now that's just it one-fifth one-fifth of kids in that that zoomer generation i mean you're telling me that they wouldn't take the chip to be whatever the hell they 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 feel they can they can probably improve upon themselves in a in a not so much a virtual world but an augmented world uh the 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 metaverse thing perhaps one day pe- people will be laying down in pods like it is the matrix and just enjoying their time on a virtual beach while their body just atrophies somewhere in a in a in a pink goo maybe but uh you look at the apple headset that is now being uh premiered for $3000 and that's essentially walking around with the pokemon go shielded over your eyes so as you look through the glass at the world outside, um, uh, a, a filter of icons and search engines and did you knows and all the hyper reality simulations that they put on YouTube. You go onto YouTube and type in hyper reality Tokyo or whatever the hell it is, and they give you a a a, a dizzying example of what life may be like once they start augmenting reality in a little bit more of a casual way where everything they, everything you step on on a uh, you know you, you just walk down a a sidewalk a city sidewalk and you can look into a store from the sidewalk and be able to blink click on things for promotions and anything else that's going on inside the store to shop as you're walking i mean it's those are the types of things that are are, have been slated for us, and some people think that they're really exciting innovations. But I, um, I would not write it off the willingness for people to jump into it if they've already gotten one fifth of the latest generation to come up and start maturing into uh, supposedly influential pieces of society. If they got one fifth of that late, latest generation to say, I, I don't know, I guess anything goes. Yeah, give me the chip. So there's that. Now the whole idea about karm, karmic um, karmic blowback. That's something where I always just use that as interchangeable with that revelation of the method, where there is some kind of unspoken rule about uh, you know a, a appeasing certain energies. Because energy is everything, and and everything has a uh, a frequency and matching frequencies, and deception has to have a frequency that is not too good, that doesn't score you any points. But again, karma, dharma, where's that all from, and how is that to apply to people who don't subscribe to it? And I guess it comes down to another thing, where too, if somebody from the east casts a spell on somebody from the west, whether they believe in uh, in in Jesus Christ or 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 not, is there not any precedent of somebody being harmed by some sort of witchcraft that is done by somebody else from other places of the earth where their culture and religion and and how they meddle with the 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 uh, the the energies of the the universe are all very different. Um, their approaches to all that all very different. 
so what what is the you know what's the balancing act there because i always thought about that yeah well it's karmic blowback all right well what if karma doesn't apply to me in my worldview say oh it applies to everybody well then then you're gonna have to explain that a little bit more and you're gonna have to get scientific with it because if you explain it as you would a religion then we're at an impasse so but i i think that still the whole revelation of the method when you think about somebody that is out there to deceive and to to control you then it per it definitely checks out if you look at it as a taunt at the very least it is a taunt and at the most it is a taunt with just very consistent grooming and behavior modification methods that are just built on into it because ultimately they're trying to create reality and form a new world a new world because the old one is just a little bit too steeped in romance and tradition and things that cannot be controlled by a small group of uh of cabin boys like Yuval Harari all right let me go over to the rumble to make sure I didn't miss anything thank you so much to Costco Law School for that question it was great to get that into the mix Paulie9363 on Foxhole says White Sox beat the Yankees two in a row. I think the Fog beat the Yankees two. I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit. Once all the Yankees start breaking their legs and hurting their toes and their shoulders start falling off again and then they start bottoming out. It's just whatever. I can't stand how fragile people are anymore. Um, Just whatever. Uh, Sean Joe, thank you so much. Doug Simi, thank you. Sean Joe again. Doug Simi again, thank you. And Boys Blanc and then Chai Possum says, excellent show. Now show me your shirt. Does Bigfoot have pants on? Is that allowed in here? I think she... Yeah, I think his pants are the the mountains. This was a gift from a, an audience member from the Pacific Northwest. And it rather, it fits, it fits great. I, I love it. Very comfortable. So I'm happy with it. Um, but it does have pants on. It's almost like the mountains are his shorts. So don't worry, there's no big, uh, Bigfoot dick swinging around there. I wouldn't do that to everybody at home. Uh, let's see what else do I have. Eight twenty one. Eight twenty one. Anything? See, I was I wanted to do all of the the fire. Now I'm gonna have to take that off. And do it some other night. Because I just don't have the time. I just don't have the time. You know, speaking of Hollywood and the messaging and everything else, did you see Tyrese? Tyrese was out there, um, Tyrese Gibson. And I think he went on a a radio show to talk about uh, Fast and Furious 10. He was talking about Paul Walker at one point, Tupac. Uh, But then he, I think he's promoting some kind of an album and he took a little bit of time away from that to talk about what he sees as a really disturbing trend in Hollywood and just in entertainment at large and what, what people, Christians especially, need to start doing. I think it goes hand in hand with what we were just discussing with Leo Zagami in many ways because this kind of resistance would actually put a, a stop to a lot of things, a lot of things from the manipulation of currency and usury and so many other, so many other manipulative uh, malicious 
things that we're up against these days. Listen to this. This is Tyrese Gibson. So God will send you all of the desires of your heart. And that, that is something that I want everybody who can hear this interview to know. As much as I'm supposed to be promoting this movie and talking about my album, I just feel like we're in competition right now because they are trying to normalize the devil. They are trying to populate. The devil is, is on the main stage at award shows and in every video and yeah, signs and symbols. And I said, you know what? We need to stop treating our relationship with Jesus like the little buddy that you talk to before you go to bed at night and not be more vocal about all the things that God means to us and all of the things that God has brought us through. Because there's been a lot of moments that you didn't post about. Mm -hmm. But yet you know, how did God decide to get yeah. me through this? Yeah, man. And, yeah, they going above and beyond to pro promote the devil. And it's pissing me off. Mm -hmm. Because they, they used to, devil worshipers used to be real secretive. Oh, like, yeah. Going down in the basement, this yeah, secret man. world. Now they just now like, they on the ah. device too. Yeah, Believe they, that. Yeah. I do want to come back and I want to talk to you about uh, Fast Ten as well. Yeah. Alrighty, there's this movie that I wanted to talk to you about. I think you, I think you know about it. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Alrighty. Well, so, yeah. So that I wonderful. Well said. And I, I tomorrow, what I'll do is I'll slip in all of the. All of the fire stuff in the beginning. Well, it's 824. Let me see if I can get through it just right now, just so I don't have to change everything. But then there's also the response. First of all, Greg Reese put something out, and it uh, he used a lot of what Dutch Sense. Dutch Sense had, um, did a little bit of satellite imagery analysis of the, the portions of Western Canada where a lot of the, the bigger fires broke out. Remember what we're dealing with over here on the, um, the east coast of the United States which I hope the worst is behind us because the last couple of days have sucked. Today wasn't that bad, but uh, two days before that, blew. Anyway, uh, Dutch Sense was analyzing some satellite imagery that just pretty much showed that the, the, the fires just sprung up all at once. Now, there have been others. Here, take a listen to this. This is Greg Reeves. During the biggest fire catastrophe in Canadian history, on June 2nd, there were over 100 forest fires in Quebec, with 10 of them out of control. The province's fire prevention agency says it only has the ability to fight 30 fires. This massive outbreak of fires was captured by longtime geological watchdog YouTube channel, Dutch Sensei. There's last night. Now look, now, look at this over here. We're looking at the bottom, this there, this area right here. And for everybody who's in, in podcast land, this is what you're about to see and what you're about to hear being described. It, it pretty much looks like someone took a bottle of baby powder and just squeezed it. Squeezed the baby powder through the top. You know how it kind of looks like the Tin Man, uh, you know, like a a steam engine through the top of the baby powder just boot right through the holes that's exactly what it looks like all at once fires all over the place and remember this is satellite imagery so so in between every smoking point of a a, a fire is probably tens of miles in in many respects geological watchdog yeah. youtube channel dutch sensei there's last night right here. here's today all at once 
all of Southeast Quebec just caught on fire, guys. All of it. Insane. Insane. Look at that. The whole thing. All at once. Michael Janich of the Dutch Sensei Channel has been monitoring earthquakes. And now, we're not going to watch the whole thing because we're running out of time, but the, a lot of the... A lot of the response that's, of course, on, on, on MSN, we got shit like this. Meteorologist explains that conspiratorial TikTok claims Canadian wildfires are all started at once. Can, uh, a, can, a Canada wildfire conspiracy is afoot, as theorists are citing satellite footage as proof that the ongoing forest fires were started on purpose. They were started all at once. And we're looking for some kind of a, an explanation as to why. The more than 100 fires, which according to the Federal Minister of, of Emergency Preparedness, Bill Blair, have burned over 9.4 million acres so far, signaled the worst fire to season ever in Canada. Experts have cited extreme temperature and drought as likely culprit for the expense of wildfires. Warmer weather also leads to increased lightning, which caused fires account for a 85% uh, of the destruction, so lightning. Now, people were wondering where the lightning was because a lot of the satellite imagery did not show much cloud cover before that. But then they got lightning maps out. Some people, this one guy over here uh, with instant weather, Ontario's home for severe weather coverage with context and clarity. This is coming from Ontario. Listen. A lot of folks are asking us, where do these fires in Quebec come from? How did they start so rapidly? Now, I don't know if anybody has any kind of uh, way to, to verify if these, these are real lightning maps or something else, but hear what he says. The answer, uh, based on the data, is lightning. So there were storms on June 1st. I'll uh, leave my mouse cursor there so we can see. Uh, you can see that strike right there where my mouse was. And if we move forward here, we start to see as the day data comes in. This is on GOES satellite imagery. And you can see a fire starts right there in red right where my mouse cursor was. And you can see a lot more lightning here in white and blue with these thunderstorms that rolled through on June 1st. And if we take the lightning data and we line it up to where these fires are located, uh, it lines up perfectly. Of course not. So now I'm not gonna, now we're gonna fast forward Extremely a little bit. Lightning so you remember all those and lightning and then all of a sudden like they start all getting started this. once, but what's happened oh, from June 1st and then they start popping up and, and that's where all that's what he's saying so I mean when, when very calmly goes and takes a lightning map it's the first time I've ever seen anything like that and lays it over this map of uh, this map of, uh, of Canada this Quebec area where all of the where all the fires popped up you can see that as uh, as winds come in there and they start you know kind of like puffing on the flames and it pops up it could it could be I'm just saying that's what the other side is saying. MSN, of course, they just keep on saying that uh, conspiracy theorists are are out there thinking it's anything but active nature. They're saying it's all starting at the same time, which it does. It absolutely does. You can say that the fires, the the, the embers might have started burning and uh, and uh, and and sizzling at some point before that the before the smoke was visible on on satellite, but it is all coming out at the same time. It's just very odd. It's very odd. And, of course, they're not worthy of trust. They have used every other disaster to push something that is, that is you know, antithetical to human freedom. Uh, already starting up with the masks, we were all conveniently told to stay inside. 
then again, it was um, it's it's all it was actually warranted to stay inside the last couple of days. It was terrible on the on the 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 throat, the eyes, headaches. It, it sucked. It really did. You know, as opposed to a virus where everybody was told to stay inside just because you know the imaginary the imaginary Al Qaeda was running around there in the form of a micro uh, a microbe nobody can see. So. Um, what do you think about this? I'm just going to throw it out there. I, after I saw all the satellite imagery, I said, get the hell out. That's ridiculous. Are you serious? Um, and then, of course, the fact that nothing like this has ever happened here before. Justin Trudeau tries to say that it is, oh, it's all because of climate change. But there, are, there have been people since June 1st, June 2nd in, um, in Canada, authorities too, police, investigators, have said that this is probably arson. They're looking into arson right now, but of course they're leaning on climate change because it's the only default that they have. It is the default, I should just say. So I'll, I'll leave that with you. Just a little just um, extra at the end of this episode to make sure that I, I got it in at least in a preliminary way. We can expand on that later on when there's more known, but I didn't want to change the title of tonight's show. Now, with that, I want to thank you for hanging out with me, and I'm going to go and uh, start up Book Club, which it is going to be a good one because this book is really fantastic. Whoever wins this book is going to win a book that has just been so thoroughly enjoyed by me. It is just a triumph of the soul so far and uh and the thing is that i kind of know where it's all going because i know field of dreams but it is different in some significant ways but it, it the way that it's written is just so beautiful it's such a delectable choice of language the voices of all the characters are perfect and um as you can see i have nothing really bad to say about it so far so i'll see you all tomorrow night it is Friday. We got Timothy Alberino and Matt in studio, and I think that we're going to have a, a fun time jumping into the world of the unknown. The world of the unknown. It's going to be great. The biblical, the conspiratorial, and uh, and more. All right, guys and gals, thank you for everything, and I will talk to you tomorrow. Hold on. Do I have this right? I think I do. Nope, I didn't. There we go. Goodbye. Good night. And always remember, that's... Quite frankly, it's film of our live studio audience. And now our super chatters, all my... My wonderful friends over there on Foxhole and Costco Law School. Thank you, everybody, for supporting the show. And um, if you... If, you, if you're around here tomorrow night, 7 o'clock, I promise you, you'll have a good time again. All right. So I'll talk to you later. And book clubbers, I'll be right with you.